Content warning, this episode may contain topics that may be triggering for some listeners. Hey guys, and welcome back to our podcast, Complex Minds. So we know it's been a while since our last episode because we had personal issues. I had a concussion. <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. But we're back for a third episode and better than ever for surviving suicidal thoughts. Okay, so in case you forgot about your favorite hosts, we're Catherine and Lucy. Crazy. Yeah, and we both share a personal connection to this topic. So if you guys remember, we did discuss like back in last season about how we've struggled with depression, how it's affected us. And then we also discussed in a broad sense throughout several episodes about how to survive suicidal thoughts. But we've never really like delved into it, so we wanted to start. Yeah, so today we're going to dedicate an entire episode to the topic because we know how challenging it can be to integrate back into the demands of life afterwards and just kind of wanted to, I guess, it's not really like a love note to us for like surviving, but it's also because a lot of people go through the same experiences that we have. Um, and just to give some background, an estimated 12.3 million American adults were reported of seriously considering suicide in 2021. And this amount has likely increased since the effects after the pandemic because everyone's mental health swooped down after that. Also, suicide is the second lead cause of death for 10 to 14 year olds and also 20 to 34 year olds. These are only like a portion of those who have thought about suicide or had suicidal ideation. Obviously, not everyone's going to report it. Not everyone's going to be recorded. Um, but before we go into the content-based discussion of this episode, we wanted to share some of our own messages about suicidal thoughts. Personally, I think they're very, very overtaking. That's like the biggest takeaway I have, just for like anyone who maybe has never experienced that. You kind of feel as if you don't have any other option. Getting back into it after that and having to form your own thoughts again and like think about the future... It's a little bit strange, I have to say. Like, you wake up and you think, okay, what am I going to do tomorrow? What am I going to do next week? Like, Mm -hmm. you make plans for the future knowing that you're actually going to fulfill them. And it's a little bit, like, it's kind of like a wake-up call. It's different, and it's definitely a surreal experience. I agree. It's a wake-up call, but it also, like, kind of, I know it caused me a lot of stress, which is, like, a little unavoidable, but we're here today. We made our podcast. We love talking and sharing mental health struggles, and hopefully this reaches you guys in a positive way I guess yeah to like help you guys with your own personal experiences um also I know it was very like overwhelming when I had these thoughts it's almost like you're suffocating underwater so we just wanted to talk about this and let you guys know I know this is very cliche it does get better and there's always someone here to listen to you like us if you have ever contemplated suicide or ever had thought about it We just want to re-emphasize how proud we are of you, even if we don't actually know you guys. And if no one else has told you yet today, you deserve so much love in the world. And thank you for being here with us today. Now, let's dive into our interview with our guests. We are with our guests. Say hello. Hi. Our first question. What was like the hardest part of getting back into your normal routine, like within everyday life? I mean, I thing like not trying to stop the thoughts of that Mm -hmm. they would come up so naturally that trying to stop it and like focus on like my day-to-day tasks was hardest part based off of like trying to silence those thoughts do you have any advice for anyone who's had those similar experiences after their attempt or suicidal ideation for me i know it wasn't like the smartest thing to do but i like distracted myself a lot with like a bunch of different things i tried to make the distractions not harmful to myself so i would like go to like work or like hang out with my friends 
And then how would you describe coming back from that place into trying to integrate back into like the more quote unquote like normalcy in society? I mean, it's difficult and it feels so weird because like you're like very isolated and then like coming back into it, it felt like very like disassociation mm-hmm. of like not knowing where I am and then suddenly like fully conscious of the things around me. Yeah. It almost kind of feels like in a movie in a sense. It almost feel, doesn't feel like it actually happened. Yeah. One way I like to describe it, like, I'm going to ask you this question in a second, but, like, if I were to explain it to somebody that hasn't experienced that, it kind of feels like you're watching somebody else, like, do stuff in your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like, especially that getting up, going to school routine, like, going through every single day, it doesn't feel completely normal. It's a little off, yeah, mm-hmm. to say the least. But, yeah, like, I was going to ask you, um, if you had to explain, like, returning back to society after, like, everything that's happened with you mentally and, like, battling yourself, basically, how would you explain that to someone who maybe, like, has never experienced that? My, like, way of putting it is, like, waking up from, like, a dream where you, like, fully remember, like, mm-hmm. the dream. It feels like I'm watching myself do those things, and then, like, I wake up, and I'm like, okay, did that actually happen? I know you said that, like, work was one of the things that made you feel most comfortable when you kind of came back from that spot. What else did you use to kind of, I guess, return back to your status before? I tried to, like, very much, like, push myself to do what I, like, used to do. I also talked to people who I was comfortable with. Like, I talked to my therapist about it. Mm-hmm. I like to, like, go on, like, drive somewhere mm-hmm. and, like, just, like, sit. That's a good one. Because it just gives me, like, a time to, like, think and, like, fully, like, understand what I, like, just went through. We are using the term, like, going back or, like, as we used to, but, like, obviously... There is no returning back. Yeah, it's never going to be the same Mm -hmm. as it was. Sorry. Like, it's never... You're never going to ever return back to the person you used to be because, obviously, this changes you. It's how you interpret it and what you do after, like, determines whether or not it changes you for the better or for the worse. It's mainly, like, returning back to what you perceive as your new normal... Just like a more, I guess, better state than where you are now. Trying to like get back into a routine, even if it's challenging, because it can like help kind of differentiate those different stages that you just went through. And then I think another question is like you talked about talking to your friends and hanging out with them. When people see their friends go through this, what is something that is really helpful that either your friends didn't support you or what can people do to help their friends that go through this? I mean, the difficult thing is it's really hard to like ask someone like while they're going through it what they want but it's so different like sometimes I'll want to be like left alone and then other times I'll want people to talk to and I'll want to like explain what's going on so that they can help me um also to go off that I think that when you're in a better state it's important to tell people around you what would help you the most because Mm -hmm. especially right after you get out of that situation right when you're getting back into recovery I think that would be a good time to sit down with your friends and be like this is how you can help me. Like, this is what I need. Yeah. And then I think something that we kind of want to end off on in this episode and discussion with you is what does surviving your own individual suicidal thoughts mean to you? For me, it's just overcoming it is just important because like for such a long time, I was not in a very good state where I was like, this is something that I can see myself pursuing. And so Mm -hmm. like, it's important to me that I can like now see a future for myself and not just like, see an end date you know yeah especially like being a senior and like going off to college like I remember I would be like I don't really care about what I do in college yeah Yeah. like I don't feel like I'm gonna make it to that point because I'm suffering Mm -hmm. but like Mm -hmm. now you get to consider like everything you get to do in life and especially like with your experience like I know you're making a website and you're doing things that would benefit other people Mm -hmm. who need help like mentally it's all that stuff like 
surviving those thoughts probably is like one of the greatest things to happen to me personally. I don't know about you, but that was one of the greatest things to ever happen to me personally because now I can take that and apply it to how I'm able to help people in the future. Especially, yeah. I mean, like me specifically, I'm majoring in psych. So like if I go and become a therapist, like I feel like I'm not looking in from the outside and I feel like that's one of the biggest problems. I feel like it gives me almost a leg up in understanding people who are going through that because I'm like, oh, I can almost kind of help you and give you like a shoulder to lean on because I know exactly how that felt. Yes. Yeah, because, like, for you at least, the going into psychology, it's it's important because, like, I hate that, like, when I talk to people, like, they don't really have, like, an understanding of it yeah. because they yeah. haven't gone through it. And, like, having someone to talk to that's been like, oh, yeah, I understand because I went through something similar or I went through this, like, it makes talking to them so much easier. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. See you soon. So after speaking with our guests, we hope that today's episode has brought you some clarity on what goes through the mind of someone who's recovering from a suicidal event, or if you ever had them before, like how to move forward in your life. Yeah, and then we do have like extra resources a part of this episode just because this one meant a lot to us. If you're listening on the Spotify link, they won't be linked there, but you should be able to click on the episode title and it'll bring you to the Scott Scoop page. We're going to have a presentation for five advice steps for those who have struggled in the past and then an infographic as well. So you guys can go ahead and check that out if you would like a little more information. Okay, and also we wanted to say one last time, we're sorry if it was a little bit lighthearted. I think that... It's our coping mechanism and way yeah, of dealing. Especially with the fact they were talking about getting over it. It definitely helps to speak about it in a lighter manner yeah. because it becomes more conversational. So if that was an issue, like... I just want to let everyone know, like, yeah. it's because we want to be able to talk about it frequently without it being some kind of, like, this is a horrible thing and it should never happen yeah. to anyone. Like, I just want it to be like a, you can get better and you can joke about it because that's honestly a good sign of recovery. Yeah, exactly. And thank you guys so much for listening today and we will see you soon. Hang in there. Complex Minds out! out.